Hi everyone! Welcome to Gubat at Ibapa Podcast. I'm Ongi Canivel, Executive Director of Forest Foundation. And hello, I'm Brian Mariano, Knowledge Management Specialist at Forest Foundation Philippines. In this podcast, we tell stories about the forest, plants, and people. Gubat at Ibapa comes from a wordplay of gubat, which translates to forest in Tagalog, and at Ibapa, which means and others. At Gubat at Ibapa, we find familiarity in the forest and its relation to our everyday lives. Hi, Ongi. I know you're a man of wide reading. Uh, I remember the first time na pumunta ako sa pumunta ako sa foundation. Yung first time ko na nasa Forest Foundation ako. Nakita ko yung library nyo doon. Sobrang dami ng titles about the environment. And hindi lang siya puro academic and non fiction books, pero may fiction din, and poetry, and I know you also have a uh, personal collection of graphic novels. Uh, very, very interesting. <laughs> um, um, pero, can you can you share with us today, ano ba yung mga favorite mo na book, or some of the books related to environment na gusto mong i-share sa us? First of all, Bri, uh, I've actually been uh, browsing my shelves again, ano, and I've Started many books because of the pandemic, uh, but I haven't completed any of them. <laughs> the reality, <laughs> yung um, nagumpisa ako and then I, I decided that hindi siya bagay. It's not appropriate for what I feel right now, uh, and then I put it back. Uh, and it's interesting that tinanong mo ako ano yung mga favorite books ko because it seems like I'm, I'm going back to some of them, ano? Uh, and 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 that's how how I've been able to pass time then. You know? uh, uh, I've been rereading, for example, yung The Wind-Up Girl, the Paolo Basigalupi. Uh, it's, it's, uh, talks about uh, you know, a climate-challenged world. It's set in, uh, in, in Bangkok, actually, in Thailand, uh, in Southeast Asia. And, ha- and, and yung protagonists uh, work through a, a, not a drowning, but a drowned uh, metropolis. So, isa ito sa binabasa ko. I've actually gone uh, to poetry as well. Ano? Uh, I've looked at, uh, because uh, si Mary Oliver died last year, ano? and, and mm-hmm. I, I actually like a lot of her poetry. Uh, so, I, 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 I've been reading yung book na Devotions, ano? yung compilation ng some of Mary Oliver's uh, best poet, poems. Ano? Um, uh, and then, uh, ano pa ba? I've I've been trying to to read as well uh ecofiction by by Filipinos ano marami uh, there's uh, Broken Islands and Crying Mountain by Criselda Yabes uh, there's I I picked up a new poetry book Ang Mga Iniwan ng Tubig by Jason Tabinas uh, Ateneo de Manila University Press Pinabasa um, ko din yan Oh it's it's <laughs> galing <laughs> galing uh, but uh, and I've also been uh, reading a lot uh, of uh, Wendell Berry, who, who is my favorite essayist, uh, and Robert Haas, uh, and, and Billy Collins, a couple of my favorite poets as well. So it's, it's very difficult to identify you know, particular favorites at this point in time. Uh, but I think favorite genre meron, eh, uh, yung climate literature, climate fiction. Poetry, I think, is is important for me uh, these times, uh, and and short essays. Uh, I, I don't know, baka short lang attention span ko. Uh, <clears throat> I like the essays better now. Yeah, actually, 
uh, yung binabasa niyo sir na poetry book ni Jason Davina sorry uh, binabasa ko na libro and I think most of the actually naalala ko nga din yung remember nung nag-field work tayo yung 2018 yata sa Aurora National Park you mentioned sa akin itong libro na to and then itong author nyo doon oh Brian di ba nag-aaral ka ng geography ito dapat yung batayin or meron ako marirecommend sa'yo it's uh, On Trails uh, On Trails by, by Robert Moore yeah yes by Robert Moore who lives in British Columbia um He's also uh, a science journalist. Uh, uh, and uh, sobrang na-enjoy ko yung libro na yun. Pagbalik kasi natin from fieldwork, biligyan nyo na agad ako ng kopya and then binasa ko na din talaga agad siya. It's really interesting because parang yung mga succeeding na hikes ko, iba na yung naging pagtingin ko sa paths and sa trails. Um, sa yung, yung office natin sa Makati and marami din parts na Makati and may binabanggit si Robert Mordon na Desire Lines. Ito yung mga emergent paths na dinadaanan natin <laughs> na beyond doon sa kung ano yung um, sinituate or inilagay ng mga planners natin. And what I really like about that book is how he emphasized yung importance din ng non-humans, especially yung example niya yung elephants, kung gaano sila kagaling na trail makers. And feel uh, ko yung isa sa mga pinaka-importante or pinaka-striking sa akin doon sa idea nyo ng trails is that um, yung paths, yung path daw, um, sabi niya in I quote, is arguably the grandest buried cultural artifact in the world. For many indigenous people, trails were just a means of travel. They were the veins and arteries of culture. And Diba, parang it changed my perspective na parang um, going doon sa, sa trail sa, sa mga bundok na pinupuntahan. Kung gano'n ka-important yung networks na yun. At yung mga naninirahan din doon sa mga bundok. So, yeah, that's one of the uh, interesting books na, na nabasa ko. Apart from reading then um, uh, other siguro mga non-fiction um, academic books related to environment. Well, I'm 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 glad you 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 mentioned yung si si Robert Mura, no? Because y- yung indeed yung book niya on trails is really good. Uh, but but there are others, ano, na when you talk about or you think about uh, nature, nature walks, or you talk you think about mountains, na magagaling den, ano? Si Robert McFarlane, for example, is is right. is, is, is uh, you know is parati kung nire-recommend yan it's it's oh right. you you're you're a hiker you you. You you enjoy nature. Uh, uh, please give Robert McFarlane a try. Yeah. You know uh, the wild places, you know, wild yeah. places, uh, mountains of the mind, uh, are, of the mind. Are, are top of mind. You know? uh, and, and speaking of trees, pinag-usapan natin kanina si Robert Moore. Nakita uh, ko sa Twitter niya na yung next book daw niya ang title like in trees. Pero hindi ko parin sure kung kailan ba siya. Wow. <laughs> It's great that there's a lot of new books actually coming out, ano? Uh, mm. Both non-fiction and 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 fiction, ano? Uh, itong 2020, 2021. I'm I'm reading a new book. Uh, it's called The End of the Ocean by by Mahaland. Uh, and and then new favorite ko na isa sa mga binuksan ko but I haven't finished it. Uh, Migrations. Uh, these are all uh, 2019, 2020 books na yung review. So well, I'm I'm happy that people are you know sort of uh picking up ano 
Uh, mm-hmm. For nonfiction, I, I think there's there's uh, also uh, other new books. Uh, there's even a a an essay, a book of essays by a uh, Phil American, siguro siya, um, si Amy Nez Hukumatatil. Ang oh, title right. niya, World of Wonders. Remember? World uh, of Wonders. World of Wonders, yes. yeah. Uh, I hope I didn't mangle her her surname. Yung title ng book niya, World of Wonders. Uh, uh, and it's a, it's a book of essays and she acknowledges her her Filipino descent. Yung mom niya comes from yes. uh, Northern Luzon. Uh, and, and she talks about her relationship and how good her mother is, but also her their relationship uh, to to uh, they they live in 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 America now. Uh, yung yung nature uh, in America, and the first essay she writes about is Firefly, uh, Firefly. So so natuwa ka agad ako, ano? So it's great that you know there's there's all of these new books that are are coming out. Yeah, actually speaking of new books, uh, Ongi. I'm not sure kung nabasa yun na din yung sa Tales of Two Planets. Stories uh, of climate change and inequality in a divided world. Very interesting because you've mentioned yung um, climate fiction, yung fiction and essays and poems. And this book, uh, edited by John Freeman, is an interesting collection of fiction, non-fiction essays and poems. I, I have the book uh, and I've looked at parts of it and you're right I know it's it, it's very interesting very compelling but I think consistent with with my mood I think these days you know, or, or the kind of reading that that uh, has resonance with, with me you mga pieces that are more introspective mm-hmm. uh, are actually you know make more sense to me before and I, I read a lot of adventure uh, a lot of environment books then about discovery about you know uh, finding new animals finding new things and and now because we're in the pandemic I think <laughs> um, I'm, I'm more drawn to to eco literature that talks about yung plant in your backyard yung ficus that grows in the crack uh, in, in the wall and your own you know a, 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 you know a, a person's um, uh, relation to nature or the, the you know your aspiration to be related to be relating to nature uh, even as we're all in our rooms and houses in the cities actually doon sa sa uh, edited book na yun ni Freeman on tales of two planets may isa akong super nagustuhan na chapter na feeling ko para siyang pwede siyang episode sa black mirror <laughs> yung survival yung survival ni Sayaka Murata um, it talks about doon sa na nakadepende yung survival natin depende doon sa points na meron tayo sa rating na meron tayo so kung nag-aral ka mabuti kung mataas yung rating ng magulang mo nag-ibabuti kang tao um, those are the points uh, na nagpapataas ng rating and uh, it talks a lot about speculative uh, work about doon sa climate natin and situation natin right now. Primarily because parang ina-explain niya din doon na uh, yung mode of survival natin nakadepende na lang doon sa point system na meron tayo. And pinabanggit uh, din po kasi nakasituation sa Japan and nabanggit doon na ah, may sinkhole dito sa city na to or sa area na to. So pupunta sa atin yung mga tao dito. So, tataas na naman yung rent sa atin. So, <laughs> di ba, may, may, may semblance doon sa, sa nangyayari din sa atin right now. And kapag uh, hindi mo na-achieve yung certain points na yun, 
um, or rating, pwede kang maging feral. Yung feral, yung uh, wala ka nang pake dun sa ratings. Uh, ang, ang goal mo na lang talaga is to serve up. Yun na lang talaga siya. And yung main character, sinasabi niya na parang okay na lang sa kanya maging feral kesa ma-enclose siya doon or ma-limit siya doon sa 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 life na nakadepend doon sa rating Ang black mirror siya. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Tingnan natin baka may mag-pick up niyang idea mo and, and 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 certainly uh the the way we the way the way I I I look at uh some of yung stuff that's coming out ano uh, in mm-hmm. in uh well hindi lang sa literature nga now ano but uh, in in overall in in popular media mukhang yung dating pang black mirror uh, seems to be pang normal uh hindi naman normal but run you know yung regular programming and i, I suppose ganun na rin yung nangyayari sa ano sa sa libro uh, sa basahin ano sa mga pa- mapapanood primarily because of of the situation that that we're probably in tale of two planets also for me uh, highlights a couple of interesting things eh. First is that you know it it, it really uh, champions yung yung yung, yung text no na champions yung title it really is a tale of two planets uh, yung impacts ng climate change yung impacts ng ng destruction ng 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 natural system natural ecosystems uh, right. are felt differently in 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 different parts of the world so the the north feels it differently from the south and and therefore our our reaction to it is different uh as uh, a north, as uh, a south, and and then from the north, I think it's um, for me it's also an example of yung sort of blurring lines, ano, ng ng um, eco literature that or that 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 you have, ano, that uh, a very very ano eh, very confined. Uh, ako being a, a long time reader of of science fiction, doon ko unang na notice yung yung emer- well i'm sure dati pa naman yan, but yung slow emergence nung uh, pag take up ng climate change ano in 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 literature where uh, slowly you had barbara king solver talking about uh, uh, or or situating her novel in 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 in, in a climate uh, challenge world and and then uh, other you know other authors uh, picking it up uh, you also had you know uh, people writing about uh, environment na even from from ano from uh, from the third world ano or from from the south so i think yun yung yung, yung book na yan ano uh, in tale of two planets uh, starts uh, you know starts off by 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 it's a, with a great introduction and really talks about how the difference in 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 the two worlds ano uh, in the two planets that we have but i think it also talks about yung pagbe-blur na ng difference on what eco literature is you have almost reported you know essays personal essays creative nonfiction, uh, mixed with uh, eco poetry mixed with well indeed some of it is just poetry you know we're just uh, maybe i'm just calling it eco poetry but it's actually just just poetry uh, that talks uh, that, that strikes us as environmental in you know in tone and in pulse uh, mm-hmm. So so and and it all now comes together as you know a sort of one you know it's it's literature it's our it's this times uh, uh, literature so so yeah. it's a, it's a, that's a great book right uh-huh. 
Yeah, actually, it's really amazing kung paanong ang dami nating pwedeng i-explore regarding sa uh, literature at yung intersection sa climate, sa ecology, sa environment. And uh, yep. thankfully, Ongi, meron tayong guest author today, uh, si Rina Garcia Chua, to help us get an inside look on this topic. Wait, wait, so, wait. Sinabi mo mo na si Rina Garcia Chua? One of uh, your most peddled books ko uh, uh, several years ago. You know, I, I abused all of my law school climates who had a little bit of environment in them with this book. Ito yung Christmas gift ko uh, uh, to many of my colleagues in, in, uh, in the environment circle. Uh, and, and, and she's here with us. Yes. Um, Mag-geek yes. out muna ako. Sandali lang. <laughs> ano? and, uh, and then... Uh, I'll grab my uh, my my copy. Well, I've actually gone back to this book as well during the pandemic. But but you know, uh, I, I let's talk to her, Muna, before before I talk about what what uh, you know. Let's talk to her. Let's talk to to Rina. Sige, sobrang naging gidi ka o Rina Chua. Rina is a multi-awarded author and the editor of Sustaining the Archipelago an anthology of Philippine eco-poetry, the first Philippine eco-poetry collection. Her other works include entries in local and international publications such as Critica Cultura, Acta, the Asian Journal of Literature, Culture, Performance, and The Goose, a journal of arts, environment, and culture in Canada. She graduated with a specialization in eco-criticism and literature from the University of Santo Tomas and De La Salle University and is currently pursuing her PhD in interdisciplinary studies at the University of British Columbia. We're honored to have you here, Rina. Welcome. Yeah, hello. Um, thanks for having me here. I am very happy to be talking to both of you and to hear all your great conversations. So it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for, for joining our podcast, Rina. I, I have many questions for you, of course. Uh, and, I have and, many but, but, answers. <laughs> uh, great, great. Be, be, because, you know, this, your, your anthology, the one that you uh, edited, really sparked a lot of, uh, well, sparked a lot of interest sa friends ko that I, I, I gave copies to. Uh, nung nagpunta kami ni Brian, I think a couple of years ago sa sa Manila International Book Fair I went to University Press and then I I asked about you and I I saw your book eh, and then it was I think the every year every eh, well dapat you should change that pala no kasi it's only oh available during the in, the Manila International Book Fair so every book fair since this the book came out in 2017 I've been going there and buying copies uh, uh, and and last time we were there, we looked for you, and they said, "Ay wala na si Rina." You know? so, uh, <laughs> before that, tinanong namin, "Ah, w- w- baka, da- darating ba siya or ano?" Um, uh, but as early as I think uh, 2018, 2019, when we asked about you, yeah. we you know we wanted to talk about this book, and 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 you know we want to well, I want to ask a few questions about it, and but you know I I let Brian. Um, uh, lead us through a, a, a more meaningful discussion before I start uh, messing it up with my, my, my questions about the book. You're doing fine. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, actually, Rina, um, 
parang gusto din naming malaman or ano ba yung naging inspiration mo or paano ka napunta din sa literature specialization mo on eco-criticism. What do yeah. you want sa eco-literature? Well, uh, first off, salamat sa pagbili ng libro, ha? Kasi, um, and it's something I still try to do even though it's really hard right now to process um, bureaucratic things from an ocean away. Pero um, really, all the royalties of this book still goes to the Philippine Animal Welfare Society. Oh, and great. um Yeah, and that wow. is something. I processed that. Nung umuwi ako ng 2019, for the longest time, um, five weeks ako nung summer ng 2019, I was very happy to process that. And the USD Publishing House, my publisher, um, they were very uh, gracious in helping me do that. Kasi... Siyempre, overwhelming na ang dami mong kailangan isign na cheque o kailangan pumunta dito, pumunta dito. Pero tinulungan nila ako. So, nakakatuwa. And uh, my publisher will be happy to hear na ikaw siguro ang 20% o 50% na loyalties, no? <laughs> Natutuwa sila. They will, nasa Shopee na siya ngayon, by the way. Um, um, ah, okay. Publishing That's good to hear. Pivoted. Yeah, so a lot of the titles, um, and I think a lot of our publishers, our local publishers, have pivoted to Shopee. So um, I know I just want to put that out there para masuportahan din natin yung local Yes, yes, definitely. Natin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So going back to your question, uh, Brian. So this started in um, when I was in De La Salle. And uh, I would also like to ask both of you quest- a question. Nasaan kayo nung Ondoy? I was at home in, in Paranaque uh, when Ondoy came. Uh, uh, and, and I didn't realize it was that bad, you know. Uh, because sa amin, uh, we... we you know it was an old subdivision so mataas siya uh we it was just you know it was uh, raining very hard yun lang yung naalala ko nung nung undoy and, and i was shocked when when you turn on the tv you had all of this you know dramatic footage of of flooding in in marikina and antipolo how about you bry elementary yeah, so tattoo <laughs> alis na yata <laughs> weekend to lang weekend to nangyari no um Uh, I think na nandun ako sa office ng nanay ko because nagtatrabaho siya ng weekend. So, sinamahan ko siya sa Manila yon. So, naalala ko na naglalakad kami sa sayuman ng kalahati ng katawan namin na kalubot sa bako. So, yun, yun, ang, yun ang memory ko na Yeah, and you know that for me that's where it all started so nung nag, nag naondoy tayong lahat <laughs> that was you're right Brian that was on a weekend hindi ko makalimutan yung kasi i was attending my first year of classes um, when i was doing my master's degree sa Dela Salle alam mo naman ang Manila di ba parang nagiging waver konting ulan lang paano pa kaya yo ondoy so di ba nakaka ako gulat talaga and I remember distinctly kasi meron kami lumang building sa De La Salle na may butas siya sa gitna. Tapos nakikita namin yung ulan and then nagkaklase pa kami and then tumitingin kami sa labas ang tataba ng patak ng ulan. Yeah. And it was, this was the first time I've seen this and I think the city or everybody else, we were not prepared because late na kami dismissed from our class. Yeah, may bagyo, oh, but there was no, you know, typhoon alert. Mm-mm. So, wala ta- and I think before that, hindi naman talaga nag-suspend ng klase kapag walang signal, di ba? Yun right, yung ating right. Before that, <laughs> I think, <laughs> now we know, yes. right? <laughs> right. So, af- so, nung pinag 
labas na kami sa Lasal. Um, that was the first time that I saw Lasal inside um inside the Lasal flooded na ang, ang taas na ng tubig. And then I remember thinking, gusto ko lang umuwi, 'di ba? Gusto ko mm. lang umuwi. And then it became sort of like a journey, no? Na I've never seen the city that way kasi ako I grew up in Manila. Um hindi ko na, never ko nakita ang Manila na ganun na um so many people were stranded on the streets kasi um ang nangyari right. sa akin I stayed sa may LRT ng Taft um LRT mm-hmm. ng Baklaran um so nagstay ako doon hintay ko kung pa yung baha pero hindi siya pa eh. and I don't want to stay in the mall may mall doon eh <laughs> right. so nilakad ko parang ikaw Brian nilakad ko rin siya at and it, it was you know may makasama ako noon na I just met them on the street and I will never forget that kasi pagdating sa may Paranaque, so ako din um, on G, I live in Paranaque, Las Piñas, mm-hmm. actually, um, sa border. So pagdating sa may Sukat Road, that was where the flooding really was um, right, right. insane kasi lagpas tao siya. So hindi ko makalimutan yung pagdaan sa may airport na yung traffic lights they were flashing blue and i don't know why kasi ko nako parang ano world world war z no so, end of the world <laughs> oo nga kasi mga tao na sa taxi na sa kotse nila nag nagte-text tapos tahimik it was weirdly quiet and then um i remember may mga ka- kasalubong kami naglalakad din sa baha na nag nagsisigawan sila, oh, magdasal kayo. Uh, uh, Dalating ng Panginoon. Sige, sige, dasal tayo. Yung ganun. Pero ano nangyayari, di ba? So, yeah. And then, pagdating sa sukat, and I will never forget it kasi I'm not very tall and I'm not the strongest swimmer. Pero nilangoy namin yon, and I remember standing on the concrete barriers and then it was crumbling under my feet. So, nagulat ako and eventually, I got home, diba? It took six, five to six hours. And then after that, kasi um, I was majoring in literature sa De La Salle University. I was thinking, I, I can't just sit down and critic um, works that I feel like don't matter to me or do not respond to that experience that was very transformative mm-hmm. for me. So I felt like I needed to do something that is, um, for the community, for the public, and for the environment, which, you know, growing up in um, Las Piñas, at saka kasi yung bahay namin, katabi dalawang malaking gubat eh. So, um, maraming um, backyard. So, and I was, I still was staying there. And I really loved that environment. And I was thinking, okay, so I need to respond to that. I need to to be able to have that in my work so that I, because I need to love my work. I need to love what I'm doing. And that's how it started. And then um, there was one professor in De La Salle who said, oh, why don't you look at eco-criticism? And this was in 2013. There wasn't much publication or for eco-criticism. So it took a while para maging hilaw siya, so to speak. I think that's it. Um, that's my background. That's how I got interested. And, you know, when it took a while for me to procure materials from either LaSalle, UP, saan man makakuha kasi wala tayo masyado resources dyan. So then I was able to get materials. And then I 
I sort of just um, found myself in the field and um, I realized that this is where I am and this is what I want to do. It's great that you started with that with that story. Kasi yan din yung tanong ko sa'yo, Rina, no? how, how you, you know, where this book started and it started with a life-changing event, you know. Many of us were affected by Ondoy and, and, and I'm certainly very glad that you took it forward ano, and, and came up with, with, with something that, that reflects yung experience ng, you know, being hit by, by, by you know, impacts of climate change. But uh, mm-hmm. what, one thing that I actually keep going back to is the section here on w- where you have a lot of uh, contributors from Hayan, uh, f- from, from uh, people who felt you know, Hayan or who, who were victims of Hayan. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, how, how is that? Yung, yung, diba, you, you experienced Ondoy uh, uh, and, and that spurred the, the, this book. And now part of this book is you know, people who went through another, <laughs> another storm with us seemingly unprepared again. Hayan. How, how, how is that? Um, so actually, like the book obviously started from that experience and my interest in eco-criticism started from... Um, that experience and then the master's thesis um, was born out of that in- interest in eco-criticism. Yung sustaining the archipelago, kasi um, yung supervisor ko noon, si Charlie Verick, ang sinabi niya sa akin, ako kailangan magkaroon tayo na anthology sa, i- ng eco-poetry kasi by that time, um, wala, wala akong makitang anthology. Yung kasi talaga yung gusto ko, sana gusto ko tingnan na anthology ng Philippine eco-poetry and then I will base my thesis on that. Kaso wala. So, you know, you find a need and you fill it, di ba? And sabi ni Charlie, um, I remember him saying, Naku, hindi mo pwede isabay yan ngayon sa, sa thesis mo kasi that's a later project. So sabi ko, nung gumraduate na ako, natapos ko MA ko, sabi ko, oh nga naman, it's a later project and then I'm gonna do it now. And it was more, it's really a community effort um, on sustaining the archipelago from my colleagues, in in the department sa Lasal sa UST and then on all the all the wonderful writers who expressed their interest and the support that I got from them, um, I think like sustaining the archipelago um stems from from the response that was um that was constructed out of these disasters really, de yung Hayan plays a big part in that but also I'm aware na meron tayong anthology na agam para sa akin ah, right. talaga yeah. eh yeah the, for me that's yeah, really agam. the yeah. seminal seminal eco literary anthology in the Philippines um you know syempre ang promotion natin is first anthology is eco poetry yung libro natin pero for me agam is 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 occupying a space that is very special in eco literature and it opened the doors for um, a project like mine to get attention and, and to be able to reach your fingertips. Um, and also, see, um, see, Merle Aluna naglabas ng Memory of Water, diba? um, eventually with Ateneo Press. And these are important anthologies, I think, that um, have more, um, I find, authenticity to the voice. I'm not saying na yung ibang lumabas are not authentic, pero these are really dedicated to Hayan. Um, ang Hayan kasi affected so many people in such a short amount of time and it really, it plagues the consciousness of a lot of the writers and a lot of a lot of the people who submitted in the anthology. So I was more than happy to provide that space to 
to also think about how that disaster just has a ripple effect sa ating lahat na talaga it really grips us and until now we're still trying to to think about what Haiyan was to us how it affected us and until now it's still affecting us um in the anthology i was very mindful na i i tried to be as open as i could kasi you know as an editor it, an anthology is all about curation diba collating and there's a lot of responsibility in that you know hindi ko yata inaexpect kasi i was very naive going into it diba para oh my god i did diba pero i didn't <laughs> i didn't think of the responsibility and the process that was really really I think it was challenging as a as a young writer at that time and then gagawa pa pala ako ng introduction no bigla na isipin ko ako gagawa ako introduction and I hit a couple of roadblocks but I tried to be as open as I could in in, in accepting um really these um beautiful responses to to um the, what's happening in our direct environment gusto ko lang i-note no, na hindi lahat ng writers dito ay writers by profession or by craft oh, or by institution. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I'm very proud of that. Meron tayong, um, meron tayong mga policy makers, we have um, teachers, we have, um, yeah, um, we have people who are volunteers. Um, mm-hmm. I, I am very proud of that. And some of their works are some of my favorite poems from the collection. So um, when I look back at the collection, those are the ones that I remember fondly. Aside from obviously the brilliant writers na nag-submit din and I was very, very happy. Very excited ako kasi um, the, the call for submissions actually interested so many people outside of the academe and outside of the the literary scenes of Philippines. Ah. That was something new. Yeah, that was something new. Mm-hmm. So I'm 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 curious about that. Eh. Yung, yung, uh, uh, did you find a lot of people, you know, having, you know, uh, parang kasi I look at it yung iba very new. Ano, uh, yung iba, iba naman, it it seemed, it seemed like they were recalling something in in the uh, in, in childhood or perhaps they had written it previously. So so how was it in terms of yung interest sa sa, sa doon sa being part of of that that anthology did you did you get a lot of submissions were they oh let me take out my old folder and here's something that i wrote <laughs> uh, or or they were all you know uh, i'm i'm curious about that rina so that's a that's a very good question because the process of anthologizing is really something mysterious to a lot of people it's a lot of work you know a mm-hmm. lot of work na parang naamisha na nga ako kasi minsan i think it, there's part trauma to it na parang ano ba yan dami-dami kong trabaho and then working full time <laughs> and trying to come up with it <laughs> so I, i i i've forgotten a lot of the process but um you're you're right um i think the submissions came Um, very swiftly, I think I had around 90, sub- 100 submissions. Halos wala naman akong reject kasi I wanted to be as open as possible. Ang mm-hmm. mga hindi ko lang kayang, ay, hindi ko lang nabigyan ng espasyo ay yung mga fiction. Kasi, you know, di ba nakakalito minsan mga call for submission? And then, uh-huh. syempre, siguro na-excite sila. May 
wala pa kasi nung time na yun, 2015, wala pang espasyo para sa eco-literature. So, nakita siguro nila yung call for submissions, nag-submit sila ng fiction. And so, ang um, sabi ko, naku, hindi natin yan, um, hindi pa natin yan ha- kaya. So, eco-poetry na muna tayo ngayon. And um, siguro, mangilan-ngilan lang yung hindi natin um, nabigyan na espasyo. Kasi nga, um siguro uh, I remember may iba hindi talaga about the environment they they were just trying to figure out um if their work fits kasi tiba parang ko isipin mo ano nga ba naman yung what is really eco poetry right we don't mm-hmm. I don't know kung klaro sa inyo um Onji tsaka Brian klaro ba sa inyo kung anong eco poetry or maybe it's still confusing. Uh, maybe you can you can uh, you can help us. Uh, yeah. with, with, you know, uh, uh, with, with what are your thoughts on that? Ano yung what's eco poetry? Kasi sayon sa gusto rin namin malaman. Yeah, eco literature. Yes, uh, eco literature in general, or perhaps uh, now more than ever, bakit tingin ko or tingin natin mas importante yung uh, eco literacy in the time of crisis. Yeah, that's a that's a good way to to put it. Because I think one of the one of the responsibilities of anthologizing it's really coming, you know. And this I come to realize now. Because my dissertation is um is actually about a big part of it is anthologizing and, and the politics and and the 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 process of curation to anthologizing. But really, when you think about it, it's canon making, eh. Diba? You're creating a canon. You're trying to define a canon, and and you know it's a selection process. Na, maraming um maraming issues tayong na encounter, especially when you're when you have that much of a responsibility as a writer. Um, I think like when it comes to eco poetry, um, I think that's what I wanted to define when I when I started on this um anthology. Ang gusto ko talaga mm-hmm. is magkaroon ng at least a clear beginning on what. Philippine eco poetry and what we can offer, um, and because the the discussion and and the discourse of uh, my field, which is eco criticism, is um, at that time very very Euro American centered, and I was bothered by that because a lot of their theories really don't fit with our experience. Right. So that's I think that's what I wanted to do here. I want to define eco poetry as what is eco poetry in in the filipino um sense and the filipino image so ang lumabas is yung yung divisions or, or i would say um chapters or um yeah yung themes na lumabas the themes yeah mm-hmm. that's how i found um that's where that those were the themes that were present in philippine eco poetry and there's so much more now um, pero yung time na yon yun yung predominant lalo na yung sa um, disaster no right and dami right. and very prominent din sa atin ang environmental justice great so, uh, actually yun yung this yun yung uh, na excited na naman ako pasensya <laughs> but but that that really set you know set this book apart i've been reading poetry ano uh, and eco poetry in particular uh, matagal na. Uh, but what really set this book apart was, in addition to the, it being the first Filipino anthology, was was what, the way you curated it. Uh, and and ito lang, at least to my to my reading, ano, ito lang yung may very strong sections on 
uh, disaster and survival, uh, and environmental justice. Uh, I, I think that's what sets it apart eh, from the other anthologies. Ano, na, you know, part ng, part ng Filipino experience kasi is, is disaster and survival. Eh. Uh, so we have to write about that the same way that we write about forests and trees and, and birds and bees. But we have to write about uh, disaster and survival. And then uh, I think yung, yung environmental justice chapter you know, really blew me away. And in fact, nandoon yung, yung isa sa mga favorite poems ko for, right. from, from this entire anthology. <laughs> yeah, and- I know. <laughs> Sorry, Brian. May I know what poem is that? I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> yung starting poem, yung, yung poem for what remains of our rainforest. Oh, that's a good one. Jim Pascual yeah. Agustin. Uh, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. when I, when I re- and we're working on forests. Uh, and so when I read that, wow, sabi ko, this is, this is re- a really good uh, poem. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it has stayed with me since, uh, since, uh, w- w- since the time I read that. Uh, sorry, Brian. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, actually, speaking of favorite poems, siguro, yung isa sa mga pinaka naka-resonate ako dun sa first na part, yung about place. Because ah. uh, yung, mga poem, yung mga poems kasi dun um, talks about home um, and our sense of home. And it's really striking, for instance, yung kay Ray Estrada na Manila's heartbeat. Manila um, yeah. is willing to make you feel alive once again. Or yung kay Elaine Razalan, the, the nocturnal frames, na sinasabi niya, and I quote, describes the dynamics of non-human species in the forest. So parang yung non-human species then, non-human world, as home then, yung sa, na, uh, kung, kung, kung ano yung sense of home then. And nag-resonate din sa akin doon yung kay, um, sino ang, nag, yung famous quote na, um, nature is not a place to visit it is home yeah yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah. and i think uh, sobrang naging striking yun for me and yung doon kasi sa sa chapter ng place sobrang prominent din yung aspect of senses yung bodies natin kung paano tayo nakaka-relate doon sa environment natin so parang yung binanggit kanina na becoming with becoming with the environment doon sa kanyang introduction um, for instance, mm-hmm. yung kay um, yung kay Pat Labitoria ng hiking Mount Daraitan. Kumunta uh, yeah. kami ni, ni Sir Ongi doon sa... Talaga? <laughs> That's wonderful. Sa, sa Tinipak River. And uh, binalikan ko to at naalala ko din yung experience namin sa Tinipak River. Sabi niya doon, I can feel the rush of the water in my in my veins and hear the heart mm-hmm. of mountain deep in mind. We are all mm-hmm. one. That's so good. very very interesting for me yung yung chapter ng place na yun. But Rina, mm-hmm. if I may return mm-hmm. doon sa Yeah, Rina, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, sabi mo na yung anthology na ito is a form of a response doon sa sa naranasan natin, sa experience natin, sa crisis na meron tayo and I really admire you then for, for taking the responsibility yung binagot ko kanina doon sa pag-develop at pag-buo ng book na to. Um, nabanggit mo din doon sa introduction mo that the key word sa eco-poetry is witness. Can you tell us more about the process of witnessing and how it's important sa panahon? Right, right. Yeah, um, I, was, I was gonna think, I was gonna say um, the, the, the people you mentioned, Brian, um, those are 
some of my favorite poems then in the anthology. Like, of course, as the editor, dapat wala akong favorite, di ba? Pero, <laughs> mahirap. Um, Pat, Pat, Pat Labitoria is a, I think she's a social scientist. Napakagaling na writer. Recently, she was in Seattle for, um, I think, uh, a project, an environmental project here. Um, as a volunteer, and we were supposed to meet up in Seattle, pero um, umuwi na siya, <laughs> and then um, dumating ako sa Seattle. Pero yeah, going back to your question, Brian, um, thanks for asking that, because I feel um, response is an important part of, I wouldn't say healing, but making sense of trauma, and making sense of what happens next. Kasi um, alam mo ang ating bad words sa Eco-criticism. At dito sa Pilipinas din, di ba, ang bad word is resilience. Kasi nga, alam, right. na, alam na natin yan ngayon. <laughs> bad <right>. word yan. <laughs> Kasi ang ang expectation ay, ay alam mo na, ang Pinoy, nangingiti-ngiti sa mga camera, tapos abutan mo ng relief goods, and then okay na yun, they can rebuild their lives, di ba? Pero it doesn't work that way kasi hindi natin na-address yung trauma. And there's, you know, there's a shared... Um, a shared way of processing trauma, um, which can lead to healing if there is witnessing in narrative. Um, I think klaro yan sa memory of water ni Merli Alunan. Kapag binigyan ng espasyo or ng outlet o ng chance to respond ang mga tao, hindi lang artists, pero pati ang community, pag binigyan sila ng chance to do that, there's more there's more of a possible pathway towards healing. And um, importante yun. And I think that would relate to, um, Brian, yung question mo kanina, kung bakit kailangan ng ecological literacy, di ba? Um, kasi yung ecological literacy really is, um, I think it, it's a term that was used by Fritzstoff Capra like years, years, years ago. And then oh. when I woke yeah, ang tagal na. Tagal na. Tagal na. Mm-mm. And the news ni David Orr as well. Um, ginamit niya rin yan, ecological literacy. I think kasi when I used it in um, my introduction and then in my thesis, um, I think my focus was um, an interdisciplinary approach to teaching environmental literature. Kasi um, meron tayong tinatawag na north and south diba in north and south places iba talaga approach nila dito in um in the western academe of teaching sa atin kasi um i find that teaching is very embodied na kailangan natin ma-feel na may ma-feel kailangan natin yung emotion kailangan natin yung reaction kailangan natin yung um yung to be surrounded by what we're learning about and um and i feel that is what you know my experience of learning and then our experience of being with in 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 the islands in the archipelago where it's very um it's very attuned to what's happening around us to the environment and yun nga yung kunyari pag naamoy mo yung sulfur sa sa sulfur pala yun no pag uulan na tas naaamoy mo yung nag-iiba yung hangin that's actually sulfur from um, from the rain that's about to pour. So, naamoy natin yung pag-iba ng hangin o naramdaman natin yung init o alam natin pag nag-iiba na ang ang itsura ng ocean, di ba? Kapag yung dumating yung high end, there were so many witnesses who said that 
the ocean shoreline pulled back and they knew there was something wrong because it's never been that far away from the exact shore, not even at a low tide. So um, these things, I think, are important to incorporate in education and mm. to have a very interdisciplinary approach because um, a lot of, even until now, when you teach the environment or you talk about the environment, it's very... Um, it's a very science-based approach. About data, we want to talk about data, we want to talk about um, empirical evidence, um, but that's not the thing. I can say uh, the, the data is one thing and it's evidence. That's also evidence. We climate refugees, we Filipino na na sa shoreline or have been through this much disasters in their lives and these are their responses so i think these are important things to teach um, and to include in um, pedagogy and education kasi um pagtito ng ating buhay pagtito ng ating experience here especially sa philippines so for me that's the that's that is where ecological literacy should move forward into lalo na ngayon no, na may pandemic diba um it's not just about numbers or you know these statistics there's a person behind each one right. and i always think about that and that, that always strikes me as you know we have numbers for Haiyan, numbers for ondoy but what about each person there and literature is very good at that it gives a very clear narrative it makes the person's experience real and it makes the person's experience an event that can occur and it and it lives on, right? Beyond the moment itself, beyond the numbers. So I think that's important to me. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's that's, uh, uh, that's a great insight from 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 Rina. No? It answers, I think, for 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 me, you know, some of the questions I've all you know I've in my mind. You know, I don't know if there's a book that finally came out, but there's a challenge that can poetry save the earth. Diba? Parating ganyan yan, or can literature. John Felsner, yeah, that's John Felsner. He said, he asked, can yeah, poetry yeah. save the can earth? Can poetry <laughs> save the earth? Diba? So, yeah. so and, and now we have answers to that. Uh, uh, and, and, and certainly, uh, uh, it, it may not uh, save the earth uh, yeah. right now, but certainly it, it gives us pathways towards healing, towards uh, recovery, uh, and, 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 uh, hopefully, real resilience. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. I'm always I'm always realistic. Nasasabig, you know, um, poetry, literature, you know, in the in the long run, or or right now, it wouldn't save anything. It wouldn't save the planet. But what we want to do is to create a community that can come up with ideas and and will will remember and will keep on nar narrating and keep on thinking about solutions to the systemic issues na are all affected when it comes to the environment or environmental discourse. Kasi sanga-sanga yan eh, di ba? As, as Brian would like to say, rhizomatic, di ba? Yung isang realization ko din no, right now doon sa pag-explain din ni Rina kanina, I think yung reading and writing of ecological literature are forms of coming together and i think it's also a form of slowing right, down right right slowing down mm -hmm. in this time of crisis and and and, and urgency parang naalala niyo ba yung time na 
yung last time na naligaw kayo sa city, tapos parang you take time to pause. And you observe yung street signs, and then um, you notice yung mga landmarks, and perhaps, di ba, kunin mo na lang yung phone mo, and you just open yung app ng Waze or Google Maps uh, to reorient yourself from wherever you are to where you are headed. I think the same can be applied doon sa pagbasa natin ng ecological literature. You slow down. Um, you take the, the time to read others' work. You take the time to make sense of what's happening sa, sa environment and what's happening sa environment in relation to what's happening sa atin sa community. So, um, what I'm trying to say is parang yung whatever form siguro ng ecological uh, literature, at lalong-lalo na yung poetry, uh, it's a way of remembering yung history na meron tayo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also mm-hmm. a way of remembering. So remembering and remembering. Kasi di ba, part of ourselves, somehow, sa pinagdaanan natin na disasters, ay tinilabanggit ni Rina kanina, ay trauma. And this is a way of making sense. Um, a way of coming together. A form of slowing down sa urgent time. So thank you very much, Rina, doon sa, sa inspiration na yun. Uh, I, I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, and and that's a good point. Slowing down. Um, I think we're all forced to slow down right now in the this time of the pandemic. And uh, one of the things that we a lot of people have turned to is literature and and yeah, thinking about um And I've done the same. Oh, I've done the same. Yung mga hindi ko natapos dati, nilabas ko lang. Kasi um, it, this is the time to slow down and an opportunity to think about things in a different way. Yung mga hindi, what wasn't working before, maybe there's a way to think about it. And um, I like the, con- the concept of slowing down. And I think that's really important in um, creating pieces like these and creating literature like these. It's really slowing down, and rebuilding community or building community. Before we turn out, we have the honor of uh, having uh, Rina read some of the uh, some of the poems uh, that she likes sa kanyang anthology. Thank you so much, Brian. I'll start with a poem called Hiking Mount Galaitan by Pat La Victoria. How shall we start the descent when the beauty at the summit is too overwhelming? the jagged rock peaks, the beards of moss, and over there is the Dalaitan River, threading like a ribbon through the looming mountains of the Sierra Madre. I can feel the rush of the water in my veins, can hear the heart of the mountain deep in mine. We are all one, it says, you, me, the same current runs through our veins, the same fire burns in our hearts. But if ever that day comes when the flame sees the blaze, we shall remember these. The deep, deep green of the forest, the silent wisdom of ancient boulders, whispering again and again, whenever you are lost, the mountains will always be there to lead you home. The next poem that I'm gonna read is another um, poem that's close to my heart. And it's by Marjorie Evasco, and it's called Acquainted with Lightning. In the wild spaces of our earth, we stand together, trees of a tropical jungle. In the hoary thicket of our heads, eagles feed their young with live meat, raw blood. 
on the branches of our limbs, bugs, ants, spiders, chameleons feed warmly on each other against our sturdy trunks. Birds knock and carpoles right into our hearts for shelter. And down at the base where our feet walk underground, we make friends with worms. We also sense the changes of weather, breeding clouds that roll and thunder, whiplash of monsoon rain. As we stand together in this last wilderness, we gape in awe. When lightning cracks the sky, we fear the sound and smell. When one of us is struck, souls feared and burning. Thanks again, Rina. It was a great, uh, no, great uh, talking to to Rina and a great talking to to you, Brian. Uh, madami akong ano, madami kong uh, insights uh, as usual from your conversation uh, with our our guest and 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 with you. Um, you know, uh, I, you know, it's it's kanina we were thinking about you know what what eco poetry, eco literature was, and I think from 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 our conversation today, naging clear sa akin, you know, first, um, and and this is perhaps familiar to most of us, yung expression, eco literature uh, is you know our expression of wonder or appreciation of beauty of nature, yung plants and animals. Um, I think it's. Eco literature is also an acknowledgement of our place in nature. Uh, you know, whether we're in the cities or in in somewhere in the archipelago, uh, it's an acknowledgement of where we are in relation to forests, seas, uh, and, and the creatures therein. But I think from the conversation with Rina, I think uh, I'd like to add one more. Ano, na yung eco literature uh, is a narrative of shared healing from environmental injustice. I think that was, you know, one of the things that I really liked about yung yung anthology na ito. That uh, in addition to, you know, acknowledging our place in nature, uh, in addition to expressing the beauty of nature, you know, eco literature is indeed a narrative for for shared healing, uh, and and uh, that's that to me adds uh, another dimension. I agree with you, Ongi, on eco-literature as a narrative of shared healing. Uh, Rina's Philippine Eco-Poetry Anthology as a form of coming together is also a gesture of making sense of what has happened and currently happening across archipelago. Uh, Philippines has this so-called embedded cultures of disaster, sabing ni Greg Bangkok, but this culture isn't devoid of historical conjunctures. So, for me, eco-poetry is a way of remembering that history, of acknowledging that may kwento at may subjectivities in every numbers or statistics, sabi nga Nirina. So in this time of climate and environment crisis, we return and attend to eco-literature and eco-poetry for me as a gesture of slowing down and making sense of the things around us, both humans and non-humans, and perhaps take action mula doon. Ha <laughs> 
talon ang nagdidikta ng bukas palatay sumasabay sa bawat dulumatibas Ang bumasag sa kalmada at walang sumasagot sa kanyang paanyayat Kawangis ng kapot na'y tila nagtatamot Iyo'y damang-damang ligali ng puso ng laon Ang ating talambuhan ay nahabin ng lamba Sabaga ko ay alam Sa iyong kating at talon Ang nagbibigta ng bukas Palatay, sumasabay Sa bawat dulumatibas Thank you for listening to this episode. Gubat at Ibaba and Forest Foundation would also like to thank our featured musician for this episode, Sharebound and Busking. The song played for this episode is Talum at Hibas, Sinag. Do give his song a listen on the podcast webpage and listen to his other music on Spotify. At www.gubatatibaba.forestfoundation.ph You can browse through our interactive map to see your nearest local publishing houses And check out which books we recommend you try at our website's resources page. Again, this was a very exciting second episode. And we hope you'll stick around for our next month's episode on coffee culture. Music